Welcome to the Compass Christian Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. For more information, visit us at compasslu.org. <laughs> Got there in the nick of time. <laughs> well, God bless you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, and uh, it's definitely a blessing to be here with all of you all as we uh, look into this subject of Advent love. So um, the title of my teaching is Loving God and our neighbor. Advent is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. As many Christian communities celebrate Advent at this time of year, love is one of the main topics considered. So as we consider this today, I'd like to ask three questions, and hopefully we'll get to answer all of them in the teaching. What does God's love look like, and how does he demonstrate it? How did Jesus demonstrate God's love, and how do we demonstrate God's love? So as uh, it was brought up earlier, I'd like to go to John chapter 3 and verse 16. It's, uh, a lot of uh, football fans know this verse. It's in the end zone a lot of times, right? <laughs> All right. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world... Now, if you have an ESV Bible, there's a note there, uh, number seven in mine. For this is how God loved the world. I like the way that's rendered. That he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So some things we see in here are that God's love is giving, right? For God so loved that he gave And this gift has eternal ramifications in that if we accept Christ as our Savior from sin, we inherit eternal life. And we know that he didn't come into the world to judge it or condemn it, but to provide a way for us to escape from those things that are the consequences of sin. So if we have Jesus Christ, we have light. We have life. We have eternal life. Right, And the ones that don't, unfortunately, are stuck in the darkness and they need a way to escape. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, and we'll look at verses 6 and 7. So Romans 5, or 6 through 8. For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person would one dare even to die. But God, what a great contrast. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Something interesting about the book of Romans, this very first part, it's written to the Israelites. (laughs) It doesn't address the Gentiles till much later. So in this verse, or in the series of verses, it says, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Israel at that time was in a situation where they were considered ungodly. They needed a way to escape. They were looking for a second exodus from their sins. They wanted to get out of the bondage of that and into 
being able to have God's time as their time all the time. And God sent his son at the exact right time to provide a way for folks to escape from that. God showed his love by giving. While humanity was at enmity with God, he showed goodwill toward mankind and shed forth the greatest gift of love with the life of his own son. Jesus understood this when he taught about loving our enemies and doing good. If mankind was at enmity with God, why why would God need or want to help something that was so disobedient? (laughs) It's challenging, right? But God still loved us. Jesus applied that same principle when he taught about loving our neighbors and doing, or our enemies and doing good unto them. That's a challenge. At least it is for me. When somebody's doing me dirty, it, uh, it's hard to think about good things for them. It's a great way to upgrade our lives and how we live. So God's love is about giving. It's also about helping people that can't help themselves. That's something else that you can see in that. Man was in a state where he couldn't do that. He could do some temporary things to kind of help him out, but there was no permanent way or no full escape from the challenges that he faced. But God helped those that were not able to help themselves because of his great love. There wasn't anything that man could do to permanently change his condition. But God so loved, or but God did this for us. The advent, the first crumbling of Jesus Christ changed the world forever. With what? Love. That's right. It changed the world forever with love. When Jesus was asked about the uh, greatest commandment, he responded with a quote from a prayer. Let's look at that in Matthew 22. Matthew 22 and 37 and 38. And he said to him, You shall love your love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. So this prayer that I mentioned is known as the Shema. And it's found in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. And I'll read that to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And if you read that section, they were to teach that to their children all the time. They were really familiar with this. So when they asked him, that was probably an answer that they were anticipating him saying because they heard it ever since they were little, laying down, standing up and playing multiple times through the day. They would pray this prayer over and over. They were intimately familiar with that. But it's interesting that Jesus Christ layered into this another commandment that they would have been familiar with. Jesus took the Shema, I think, a step further here. Part of what Jesus came to do on earth was to show us the Father. And as Ephesians 5.1 tells us that we are to be imitators of God as dear children. And this exhortation to love God with all that we are, this is really only a reflection of what God is. God is love. 
So as children, we reflect a God of love. Jesus Christ, in his life, came to show us the Father. They even asked him, Father, to show, show us the Father. He says, man, haven't you been watching what I've been doing? I've been showing you the Father by the life I live according to love. See, God loves us and provides for us even though there's no perceivable benefit to him. What does God need? I mean, he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere present. He exceeds time and space. He's not limited by anything. The dimensions that we perceive in our lives, height, depth, length, and breadth, God can even go beyond that. At times, he exceeds natural laws, and we call them miracles, right? God is not limited by anything, and he doesn't need anything. Yet, this God, this creator of the entire universe, is comprised of love. And he built this whole entire universe for man. That's really something to think about. And in the process of making this man, he gave him free will. <laughs> I wonder if he questions that at times. You know, <laughs> these guys uh, make me want to pull my hair out if he had any, right? <laughs> so God gave man free will. So what does man have that he can give God? His heart, right? It's all through the Old Testament and even in the new. He said, man, I've laid out these things for you. I've, I've showed you ways to live this life so that you can be blessed, so that you can get the most out of this ball that I created for you to live on. All I'm after is your heart. And hopefully, by the life of Jesus Christ, we come to understand what that means, the amount of depth that God has for his people, the love in which he loves us with. Jesus Christ came to show that on the horizontal realm. What does it look like to live as a child of God that exudes love? See, we can decide what to do with our lives and we have free will to choose what we will do, what we will choose to do with our hearts. We can choose to live for God or we can choose to do something else. At times, people choose to take their own lives. It's your life to choose to do what you want. God only says, look, this is what's available. Love me. And I... I've done it. I've given you my son. I've given you life. I've given you a spirit so you can have connection with me. I've reached out to you in every which way conceivable to man. All we have to do is love him in return and follow the example in his son, Jesus Christ. Let's go back to Matthew 22, and we'll continue to read on. Matthew 22, 39, and 40. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So it's interesting to ask him, what's the greatest commandment? <laughs> Jesus, I love it. He didn't always answer things the way they thought they were going to. He answered with the Shema, right? He's like, oh, yeah, man, I don't know. I know that one. I dig it. 
But then he layers in this other one by saying, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So which is it, all right? <laughs> Make sure you ask the question. Okay, is it worshiping God with all that you got? Or is it loving your neighbor as yourself? Yes. <laughs> um, both, right? And the thing is, is if people have to ask the question, then they don't get the point of what he's saying, right? Because God is love, and he's our Father. We imitate our Father, therefore we live love. So by worshiping God, we also love our neighbor. And by loving our neighbor, we worship God. They're connected concepts. It goes together. Um, in the Bible Project, Tim Mackey said this, For Jesus, they are two different sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people and vice versa. They are inseparable. And when you look at Jesus Christ's life, that's what we see. He showed us what that meant. So do to them what you would have them do to you. And Ephesians, when we read that in the concept of talking about man and wife and all this stuff, it says, for no man ever hated his own flesh, right? But nourisheth it and cherisheth it. Well, if we're to love our neighbors as ourselves, that's what we do. We reach out, whatever it does, to help take care of other folks. So what examples did Jesus Christ show us on how to live love? Now, obviously, there's not enough time this morning to go through all those examples. I mean, and there's, we got four Gospels that help us see some of that. And something that Matthew wrote was, if we were to write a book on all the good things that Jesus did, the world would not have enough room to contain it. That, that is a lot. If you think about and if his earthly ministry was so short, how impactful was that one life? Huh? The coming of someone significant is what we recognize Advent. That's what Jesus Christ was. That is the kind of life that we can lead to. We have a little more time on this ball than he did, at least. I think most of the people in this room, not everyone, is at least Jesus Christ's age. <laughs> Look at all the things that he did. Consider the things that we can do, right? Jesus taught us that love is more than a feeling. It is seeking the well-being of others, expecting nothing in return. This type of love can be shown to people who are in difficult situa situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. Jesus' life showed us what love looks like in action. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He touched the untouchable. He showed kindness to the outcast. He modeled servant leadership. He was a friend to the marginalized, broken, and forgotten. His life 
lived and exuded God's love. He got it. He understood it. It's interesting with all the things he had to read growing up as a child, the scrolls and the teachings and everything. He got it. He got the point. It's interesting when you read the word, it shows you God's love, what he did in the creation, how he made a way for people to temporarily enjoy, even though it got messed up. Then he provided a way for us to escape from the consequences of sin that came from our you know, great papa Adam. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and through all these things, God's forgiveness, his love, his layering on of blessings, how he took care of his people, how he did the miraculous to show how much he loved us. Jesus Christ got it. He didn't come to be a military leader. He didn't come to reestablish Israel as a world power. He came to show people the path to God's heart. John 15, let's look at that. I didn't mean for this to be so heavy. You know, love is a deep subject, and when you think about it, man, it really moves you to the core of your being, thinking about how much God loves us, how much Jesus Christ, who never met us, loved us and did what he had to do and saw it all the way through to the end. Love. Love unconceivable. John 15, verses 12 through 14 and verse 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Verse 17. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Man, he, so not only did he tell them about the Shema, he told them about loving your neighbors yourself, about the golden rule, you know, all these things uh, that are um, available to be known and understood, but somehow they missed. If you, if you missed that, let me just go ahead and give you this commandment. It's a new command. That's what he said, but it was always there. It was always there to love one another. So far we have seen what God's love looks like and how to demonstrate it. We also considered some of the ways that Jesus Christ showed love. So uh, let's answer this question of how do we demonstrate God's love. First John verse 4 or chapter 4. All the way in the back. First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whosoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. They miss it. They missed the point of what God is. Because God is what? 
That's what he is. <laughs> in this, we love God. In this, the love of God was manifested among us that he sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Man, live. That's what we're doing now, right? <laughs> we want to live this life to the best of our ability now. And then in the future, we've got all eternity to enjoy that. That sounds pretty awesome. In the book of Judges, it tells us that Samson sought an occasion with the Philistines. That was not necessarily a good occasion, right? He was seeking an occasion to prove a point for God. He was a judge. What if you and I were to seek an occasion to show God's love to those in our communities outside of our friend group, outside of our church groups, and even outside of our acquaintance groups? What if we were to make our lifestyles even deeper manifesting God's love to everyone we meet? That's a big challenge. I mean, we meet a lot of people. You're in a grocery. You're out holiday shopping, as they were talking about earlier, you know, for those that got provoked. Oh, it's the last weekend. <laughs> uh, I live in that group right there. I'm uh, kind of a last-minute kind of guy. <laughs> we meet a lot of people. Right, We can seek an occasion to minister to them mentally, physically, and spiritually. Showing God's love isn't always just giving money. It, it could be that. It could be, you know, you see someone struggling. You know, uh, I remember one time I was driving and I looked in this yard. It was full of snow. It's ice out and everything. And there was this older lady standing at the back of her trunk of her car with all these groceries. I thought, oh my gosh, that looks like a dangerous situation. So I stopped <laughs> and I got out and I asked her, do you mind if I help you carry your groceries in? She was very thankful, you know? So just look for opportunities. I won't tell you stories about me. I'm just saying, just seek opportunities. There's, they're all around us, constantly surrounding us just to reach out with our time, our talents, our abilities. It could be something simple, you know, that it's not really much for me at this point in my age to help someone like that, but uh, an older person, it's a big deal to help them carry their groceries in the house, you know, in a snowy, icy day, whatever it is. We can seek those occasions or opportunities to reach out with God's love. So, um, what does that look like? For you, <laughs> it's up to you to figure that out, right? That's a great thing. But one thing that we can do, and it was brought up earlier too, is we can ask God to help us. God, help me figure out how I can live this love even greater. Because I know that you do. I know you. I know every single room, person in this room, maybe a few in TV land. <laughs> uh, and I know how much you love God and how you seek to do those things. So for you, I'm just asking you to think about, God, what can I do more? How can I live more like Jesus Christ? He showed us a great example. And we know that there's not enough things that you know, we could even know about all the good that he did. And the good thing is, is that these things that we do in this life, you know, God's keeping track of that. 
says that he is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and work of believing. So it's not that we're doing it to rack up points in heaven. Hey, God, remember when I did such and such? Don't hold such and such against me, all right? (laughs) You know, God is only seeking to do good unto us our whole lives. So uh, let's continue to look for opportunities to reach out with God's love to those in our community that need someone just to love them. It could be a hug. It could be a pat on the back. It could be just spending time. It could be a phone call. Someone hits your mind. How easy is it today just to send somebody a text? Hey, I was thinking about you. I love you. I think you're the best. If you need anything, give me a call. Anything. Thinking about folks reaching out with love. And I'd like to challenge all of you to actively seek an opportunity to help someone either mentally, physically, or spiritually. Ask God to help you to be an agent of love. Our acts of love show that we are the children of God. So this Advent season, we remember and are thankful for the arrival of a notable person, Jesus Christ. And we show that we greatly anticipate his return by following his commandments to love one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are incredibly thankful for your love. We're thankful how you chose us and called us and made it available for us to have a relationship with you. How you gave us your son, Jesus Christ, who was the ultimate example of what it means to live love on a day-by-day basis. How he just loved people, spent time with them. He went to places where other folks did not go. He ministered to people that were outside of the framework of what Israel would accept, but he still showed love to them. Thanks for opportunities to be like him. Thank you for your inspiration to uh, receive the information we need or the inspiration to act out with love. And trust that, Father, that we are at the right place at the right time to take care of those folks that uh, have a need but don't even know where to turn or where to ask or who to ask. Thank you, Father, for just uh, continue to encourage us in this endeavor and for your great love that you've given throughout all of time. Thanks for this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks for listening to the Compass Christian Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. For more information on how we are striving to follow Jesus together here in Louisville, Kentucky, check out our website, compasslou.org, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and view additional resources.